So do you believe that everyone is basically good or everyone's basically bad? Oh, that's easy. It's way worse than bad. Everyone's basically evil. Welcome to today's process. Parch them, blind them, and starve them. Stand up, push forward, let's light the lantern. Welcome to the Understory Lawyer Podcast, where creators build the classic American business with the following principles. One, build a platform. Two, your family is the strategy. Three, self-reliance. Four, the golden rule. And five, commerce that revolves around actually making something. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's like lantern. What is up, creator? Be you in the understory against your will or be you in an understory of your own choosing? Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So I always I always laugh whenever people say, I think people are basically good, right? And if you think people are basically good, that's great. But I will disagree with you. We will have our first serious disagreement. And here is why. We live in one of the most exceptional times in the history of mankind. Now, when I say exceptional, I don't, most people would take that to mean like one of the most amazing and one of the most like, like all the technology and all of the things that we know and blah, 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 blah. But I actually mean it in the true sense of the word of we live in exceptional times, meaning this is not the norm. The norm is usually human beings are constantly surrounded by conflict. Usually human beings are constantly surrounded by deprivation. Uh, I almost said deprivation, deprivation, um, something being depraved versus being deprived. And sometimes those things, two things go hand in hand. Um, Human beings are sometimes, most of the time, surrounded by, you know, armed conflict, walking around and worrying about, you know, whatever you're whatever your modern version of bandits are. And the reason for that was there are many, many reasons for that, but just as like, there was not as much abundance as there is now. I mean, the amount of food that is generated um, and that is wasted every year in the United States would horrify every other human being that has ever existed ever in the history of time. They would just be, they, they would think that we were the most gluttonous, terrible, awful bastards in the history of time. So does that mean we're bad people? No, we're, we're, you know, of our time and, ju- you know, we are judged of our time. Just like I don't, I don't go back in time and, and look at people and take in the actions that they did that were accepted during that time and judge them by today's standards. Because 2000 years from now, people are probably going to be like, you guys ate meat, you, you savages. So I was like, yeah, we ate meat. We loved it. It was delicious. Give me a steak. Um, but maybe 2000 years from now, that won't be in vogue. And, and people will think that we were like the biggest barbarians in the history of time. Every generation thinks it's the most elevated and smartest, and then they they poo-poo prior generations. But one reason that we do that is now is that we have the luxury of doing that. We live in one of the most peaceful, uh, robust, technology-wise, lack of deprivation times ever in the history of time. And so it's very easy for everyone to say, oh, most people are good, because when you look around, Most people are good. 95% of the people don't steal. 95% of the people aren't, you know, committing crimes. Like 90% of the crimes are committed by the same, same 10% of people or whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, when you, if you were to judge humanity by the moment now, you would be like, yeah, most people are good. 
but that's just simply not the case. And this is important. And the reason it's important is this reason is that if you believe that most people are good, you think malevolence in humans is the exception, not the rule. Let me say that again. You think that malevolence in humans is the exception, not the rule. Now, the two reasons why, the two main reasons why uh, you don't see a lot of malevolence around you right now uh, is, or in the past, if there is a lot of malevolence going on right now, um, because this is a number 10 can, a number 10 can recording. This isn't in time. So whenever I do one of these, I try to do it. Um, I try to do it so that it's it, it can be played at any time. So I don't know if there's a lot of unrest right now. I don't know if there is a lot of um, problems, uh, but maybe everything's great. Maybe it's like a utopia right now. Maybe every, everybody got it right on the far left and the Marxists have installed their utopian Thunderdome. I don't know. But here's what I do know is that one of the what there's two reasons, really. There's more than two, but there's two main reasons why you don't see a lot of um malevolence in your life right now, uh, or historically is that one is that most people are too afraid of the consequences because there's a working justice system with a working enforcement. Okay. Mostly. And the second reason is, is that there's no reason to be malevolent when you're, you know, effectively fat and rich. Now you may say, wait, I'm not fat and rich. Well, if you make $30,000 a year or more, you're in the top 1% of the world. And so your body, your human being bodies intrinsically knows that, oh my God, we're doing so great right now, even though, you know, compared to everyone else, we don't feel like we're doing great in America. We're in the top 1% of the world if we're, if we're eating three times a day, like you're unbelievably rich compared to everybody else. So there's no reason. This is kind of a bummer. Um, you're, you're like, wait, you're bumming me out. You're making me feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. This is critically important, but I'm going to make you feel bad here in a couple minutes maybe even like 30 seconds. So if you think about that historically and you accept that fact, you're like, oh, oh, the, the, one, the, only, the only reason that we're not seeing a lot of malevolence right now around us is because of those two factors. Like most people are afraid. We have a working justice system mostly and um, at least enough to punish people that get out of line. And then uh, the second thing is, is that uh, I don't really have a reason because I go to the grocery store and I can buy food and, you know, and whatever job I have or, or whatever safety net I'm using, be it my parents or be it the extended family or be it the government is working so that I don't, I don't have to steal for my food. All right. So, um, but that again is if you look historically is the exception. So you, so there's step one, you say, all right, I live in the exception and I do understand that life back in the day and however far back you want to go, you know, whatever, a thousand years, 200 years, whatever was, was, you know, very brutish and short as the quote goes. Um, and I do realize that if the grocery stores all closed down and there was no food, people would start to get pretty excitable, right? Everyone's saying you're nine, nine meals away from anarchy. But that includes you. And so step one is you accept that the normal human condition is one of, of deprivation and malevolence. And then step two is you're a human, so that includes you. And the reason why that is important is we all have this view of ourselves as like, oh, I, I'm, I'm the best. I, I'm a moral person. I make right decisions. I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. You're fundamentally bad. That's why the whole idea of original sin is one of the reasons why original sin exists in the Bible is, is to start you on the thought experiment that you, in fact, are not an angel, that you, in fact, are a demon or a devil. That's how you start. Because given the right environment, you will eat your neighbor. You will, you will literally cannibalize your neighbor, literally. And you're like, no, wait, I would never do that. Yes, you would. 
Yes, you would. And it's in your best interest to accept that fact as fast as humanly possible for two reasons. One, you're not surprised when you have malevolent instincts. And then you understand them more than ignoring them. If you ignore your your negative instincts about people or things or whatever, you start to build up a lot of resentment. And then in your life, when that resentment can come out, guess what it does? Because you build a little resentment monster, a little resentment personality um, in your in your personality, in your brain. And then when things don't go quite the way you want them to go, it comes out and it controls you because you've never dealt with the fact that you have a shadow, you have a dark side. One of the reasons why Star Wars and the dark side is so attractive to people is because it allows them to express something safely that they all know that inside they are the emperor, they are Darth Vader, they are, you know, Yoda after a few cocktails. You never see Yoda drink in the movies because Yoda is a, He's a really mean drunk, so they don't ever let him drink on set. But if you accept step one, okay, human beings are basically malevolent. The only reason that they're not is because of the time that we live in, mostly. Then two, you're like, I'm a human being, so I'm malevolent. Then you get to step three, you're like, oh, okay. There are interior monsters that must be dealt with. And I have them. We all have them. Now, I don't know if that's, you know, alcohol for you, resentment, pornography, you eat too much food, you escape, whatever, like whatever it is, you have these little monsters running around inside you because you're not a perfect person, but you have, you have, um, a strategy or a tactic to deal with them. Once you acknowledge the fact that you have malevolence inside you. And once you acknowledge the fact that indeed it is actually little parts of your personality, then you can go about doing whatever you need to do to make, keep them as small as humanly possible. If one of the things that makes you malevolent is you drink too much, parch it. Just imagine it that it's a little freaking monster in your body and you parch it. Like that is your strategy. You do not give it anything to drink. If you eat too much and you use it as a crutch, you starve it, right? You don't starve yourself. You eat nutritious food, but you starve the monster. If you are, you know, pornography or culture or whatever is your problem, then you blind it. And these are things are all expressions of the malevolence inside you. That's how they express themselves. And then once you learn how to parch them, blind them and starve them, then you can actually, you keep them small and then you can actually, or you shrink them if they're big and then you can actually face it. You can face yourself as a malevolent evil person that it's in there. You see, there's no, there's very little utility in being naively good. There's an immense amount of utility in cultivating character and cultivating goodness by facing the monsters inside of you. In fact, it's the only way that you can really truly do it. And it is one of the prerequisites of building creative clearing, a place where you can stand in confidence and clarity. Now I do not come, I do not come to this place. I do not come from a place of superiority. I don't come from a place of success. I have gigantic monsters running around inside of me that have been fed for decades because I used to think for the longest time that people were fundamentally good and that meant I was fundamentally good and I would rationalize lots of bad behavior because I was a good person. So I had to not have the cognitive dissonance of I did something bad. What do I do with that? You know, you're in conflict. 
But if you accept, oh, no, no, I'm basically a very broken, broken, dark person. Then when you do something dark or broken, you're like, yes, okay, that's part of who I am. How do I stop doing that? So I can start to build the light. I'm a Christian. So I come from the the Catholic perspective when I was growing up is that there's original sin was big in the Catholic church. Now it was, I believe the Catholic church uses that as a method of control and that the guilt is a method of control to keep people in line. And it's been used to keep people in line, but the original intent of original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden was for you to understand your nature, your true nature. And if man is, if man is created in the image of God, that means that God has a dark side himself, but God chooses the light. God is all things dark and light, right? But God chooses the light and he gives us that choice, but you have to have a choice. And if you're just good, you pop out and you're like, Oh, I'm just good. Right. Then you don't have a choice, but you must have a choice. So that means that you are, you start broken and you must build yourself. You must exercise your dignity of choice day by day, task by task, interaction by interaction, and build yourself into a good person quote, if you can, realizing that you're always broken. But that's not, being broken is an, is a, is an existence of life. Like we're all in entropy. There's no, it's, it's being broken, being in the darkness. We swim in the darkness. We swim in the entropy of a universe that is dying. It's not, it's not a negative. It gives us appreciation for the goodness that we can cultivate. It gives us a, an appreciation for the goodness we see in our fellow man. And it's a freaking miracle. It's a miracle that as Americans, we all are pointing towards the same direction and trying to create a place of equality for all people. It's a miracle. It's never existed before in time where the normal, the normal people, the, the plebes like us get a, get a voice. Now we can all argue how much of a voice we have. We can all argue if it's an illusion or if it's real, but the, but the values, regardless of how they're implemented are real. So I want you to ponder the idea that one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself is admit that you have a shadow on a dark side. One of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself is admit that you are broken because once you admit that, once you admit that you have monsters inside of you, then you can go about parching them, blinding them and starving them. So they may be faced and conquered. And then my friend, and then creator, you become unbelievably powerful, unbelievably powerful because you'll be on the road to mastering yourself. And that is truly the path of understanding that never ends. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But right now, take out the Unicorn Trapper Keeper that you had in the fifth grade. And I just simply want you to write down, can I accept that I have a shadow? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, creator, I know you want to escape the current understory that you are trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand in confidence and clarity. 
I'm not going to promise you some magical course, coach, or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. You can do that by subscribing to my daily email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast contains the philosophy and the five public principles, but the daily emails have the insights, innovations, and shadow principles of building the classic American business that I only discuss with my subscribers. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.